in the remote expanse of the Nigerian desert, where the brown horizon seems to stretch for hundreds of miles. A harrowing battle erupted on the 4th of October, 2017. On that day, a joint U.S. and Nigerian-American Special Forces team, composed of Green Berets and Nigerian troops, were lured into an ambush by ISIS-affiliated fighters. Four brave American soldiers lost their lives, leaving their families and a nation grieving. But the mission left behind more questions than answers, and one grieving Gold Star widow set out to find the truth. I'm Robert Child, and this is Point of the Spear. I'm Robert Child, and I'd love for you to join me on my brand new podcast, Stories of Faith and Courage. In gripping narratives, we'll walk alongside ancient heroes who face down giants, conquering adversity, and hear tales of modern-day warriors whose unwavering faith sustained them through the darkest of times. Plus, we'll explore enigmatic ancient mysteries like the connection of the Shroud of Turin to the Knights Templar that will leave you on the edge of your seat. I hope you'll join me on Stories of Faith and Courage. It's available now on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you for joining us today in remembrance of our fallen brothers. My name is Colonel Brad Moses. I'm the third group commander. On 4 October, Team Wellam and their Nigerian partners were attacked by an enemy that didn't want them to make this small spot in the world a better place. On 4 October, 2017, U.S. Army Special Forces, along with their Nigerian counterparts, set out on a routine reconnaissance mission in Niger. Little did they know that this operation would soon turn into a horrific and life-altering ordeal. The team had originally been heading toward the Niger-Mali border in order to conduct a capture or kill mission against an Islamic State group leader named Dandan Shafu. The Green Berets did not find Shafu at his campsite and headed to the nearby village of Tongo Tongo for a key leader engagement. When departing the village, the team was ambushed by the group of Islamic State-aligned militants that had been reportedly tracking the joint team's movements for hours. The ambush left four American soldiers dead. Sergeant LaDavid Johnson, Staff Sergeant Dustin Wright, Staff Sergeant Jeremiah Johnson, and Staff Sergeant Brian Black were all fallen warriors. The news shook the nation, and while military reports tried to explain the circumstances surrounding the ambush and an investigation launched, many nagging questions remained. Amid the pain and sorrow, one woman embarked on a personal quest to uncover the truth behind her husband's death. Michelle Black, the widow of Staff Sergeant Brian Black, saw that what the Army was telling her did not match what she was hearing and reading in the media. My first real inkling that we weren't being told the truth from the military was when I read an article that stated that one of the officers, Colonel Moses, um, was part of the decision-making, part, part of making the decisions of what happened that day on the ground. And he had come to my home previously and stated that they had no idea what had happened and that um, it was just a routine patrol. So that didn't match up. What he told me versus what I was reading didn't match up. Michelle's pursuit of the truth led her to write the book, Sacrifice, A Gold Star Widow's Search for the Truth. In the book, she details her relentless journey, battling bureaucracy, seeking out witnesses, 
and poring through classified documents to understand what really happened on that tragic day in Niger. The spark that sent her on the fact-finding mission was the criticism leveled at her husband's team. There were four family briefings, so we had our own family briefing. And then the following week, there was a media brief once all the families had been briefed. And so in our family brief, it became clear that they did blame the team members and that they weren't going to answer my questions despite saying that they would answer any questions. They were extremely elusive with their answers um, and misleading. And we did not get a detailed timeline of events on the ground. My thought was as long as they aren't punishing team members for things that I have no doubt they did not actually do, then I, um, I'll i just let it go. The following week in the media brief, is when they stated that they would be punishing individuals from the team who were there that day on the ground and had nearly been killed. And then they stated that uh, it was actually General Waldhauser, the four-star commanding general of Africa Command, who stated that while all teams on the continent were performing optimally, my husband's team was not indicative of what special operators do. Through her tireless efforts, Michelle started to piece together the events leading up to the ambush. She discovered discrepancies in the official accounts, unexplained delays in support, and potential lapses in procedure that might have contributed to the tragic outcome. You know, my father-in-law, Brian's dad, is a former Marine officer. And so one huge question that he brought up, and, you know, really is the big issue, is the fact that there was no second threat assessment because this showed clearly that it was a mission that required two teams. The minute the uh, Team Arlet got turned around, they didn't do, nobody ran a second threat assessment and said, mm -hmm. what does this look like with the other team? And is this a one man, you know, a one team operation, which clearly it wasn't. So you have to run that second threat assessment um, and see if the threat has significantly diminished before you can say, okay, well, it's diminished enough that sending in one team makes sense but it, it hadn't, or they hadn't run a threat assessment to see if it hadn't. As Michelle dug deeper, she began to unravel a complex web of hidden agendas and political interests. I did. What I discovered is they were systematically covering for those highest up the chain, meanwhile blaming those lower down the chain. Probably one of the worst um, cases was that of Major Alan Van San, who was... Um, he was the company commander. He was supposed to be commanding the AOB at that time, the Advanced Operations Base there in Niamey, um, running communications to the guys on the ground and kind of ordering them, you know, on their missions, et cetera. But he was on paternity leave. And so he actually lost his job over the incident despite not being there. And the grounds on which they um, wrote him a letter of reprimand was that it was due to lack of pre-deployment training. And they had basically punished him for their pre-deployment training, but he was not present during the team's pre-deployment training. He was not in that position during the pre-deployment training. And the person who was did not lose his career over it. Um, also, he did not have the authority to validate the training, which is a very specific thing in the military. And according to the Army handbook, the man who was actually responsible for validating the training uh, at that level 
as far as the battalion level was Lieutenant Colonel David Painter, who had ordered the men on the mission, but he did not lose his career. And the other man at the group level, so the group commander who had to validate everything before sending over an entire battalion was Colonel Moses. And he also was involved in the video teleconferences and approving the mission that led to the ambush and my husband's death. But he did not lose his career either. Through sheer determination, Michelle Black pushed through barriers that most would find insurmountable. I think I am satisfied for now with finding at least who is the most responsible. I think as far as finding out the whole truth, I don't know. I think it'll take people retiring. And because that's the thing is everybody wants to protect themselves. There were plenty of people who I have no doubt wanted to tell me what really went on, but they knew that it would affect their careers. And a lot of them were very close to retirement. And they had to weigh, you know, will I do more good staying in or more good telling her the truth? So for now, I have enough of the answers to make me satisfied knowing that the people that were blamed were not actually to blame and that I can see who was directly involved that held responsibility and should have been held to account. And I do think that at some point down the line, I will learn a lot more. Whether or not I learn the whole truth, I I don't know. In the face of her tragic loss, she found strength. Through her book, Sacrifice, Michelle honored not only her husband's memory, but also the memories of his team and all fallen soldiers. The annual Memorial Day holiday holds much deeper resonance for her now. Yeah, you know, so often, and and even being a military wife, before Brian died, I saw Memorial Day as, you know, sales and the beginning of summer, and most of us do, you know, we all say Happy Memorial Day, but Happy and Memorial don't go together. When we really take the word memorial, it's something we do to remember those who have passed. We have memorial services. So Memorial Day isn't about this big, happy celebration. It's about those who have given everything in sacrifice to this country we had the luxury of living in. And so it really changed for me after that. Memorial Day for me is spending time remembering those who have passed, Brian and his friends, and the families that have been left behind, the the, boy, um, the young boys and, and girls who are left without fathers and mothers and the wives without their husbands and the moms without their sons and the dads without their daughters, you know? It's it's so much more than just the beginning of summer. And unfortunately, we've forgotten that in large part in this country. I'd like to thank Michelle for coming on the podcast and sharing her story. And I highly recommend her wonderful book. And if you like what you've heard, tell a friend, click the subscribe button, or leave a comment if you can. I'm Robert Child, and this has been Point of the Spear. Music licensed from audioblocks.com. Point of the Spear is produced by RSC Media Group.